He's an experienced delivery lead with a demonstrated history of working in the information technology, banking domain and services industry. He's skilled in product management and he's TOGAF certified architect and he's well-versed with analytics, Oracle database, MariaDB, microservices, risk web services, messaging and agile methodology. He's a strong information technology professional with a Bachelor of Engineering in information technology. He has also recently completed his master's in technology in the data science stream and is looking to grow his career as a data scientist and also aspiring to work on machine learning, deep learning, models design, development and delivery. So in today's episode, let us chat with uh, Praveen Sahu. This is the Guiding Voice podcast series, the Guiding Voice for a Better Future. Folks, I'm here to host Navin Samala, a fellow IT professional on a mission to shape the careers and lives of millions across the globe. In every episode, we interact with industry experts or thought leaders or academicians or coaches across the globe to drive some insightful conversations that will help each one of you learn amazing stuff. Also, we share an interesting trivia or a fun fact towards the end. And you know, you'll acquire more knowledge by tuning into The Guiding Voice for every minute than any other podcast in this space. Thank you so much for joining me today. And today we are going to discuss the topic microservices and the importance of microservices in this uh, fast-paced, ever-changing, dynamic technology world. We are extremely pleased to have Praveen part of the Guiding Voice's journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe. Praveen, hearty welcome to TGV. Thank you, Naveen, for giving me this opportunity. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. All right. Likewise, and uh, pleasure to host you, Praveen. Let's get started. And uh, probably you can start sharing your top three things that have helped you so far in your professional journey. Okay. So let me start with my journey. So I started my journey from uh, iFlex Solution as a Java developer and then gradually get higher. Okay. I, I joined Barclays and as a platform delivery lead, uh, I learned big data, microservices, and machine learning. Okay, I played several kind of roles, uh, just like a developer, tech lead, project lead, project manager. Okay, I learned a lot from my seniors and manager during uh, my journey of uh, these seventeen years. Okay, so uh, one thing I would like to share, uh, which helped most uh, in my career, is like passion for learning. So if you have a passion for learning. No one will stop you going ahead. So that is the first uh, thing I would like to highlight here. Second is the uh, awareness about technology ecosystem and networking. So if you are aware about technology ecosystem and you know how to network, how to get help, okay, this will definitely going to help you a lot in your career. Okay, uh, as I have getting more and more uh, friendly with uh, my network, I am getting more and more uh, learning uh, advices from them and I learn a lot from it. Second, I'll I'll say that whoever it be, your uh, senior, your manager, okay, uh, they will definitely help you. So in my case also, I get a lot of guidance from my seniors and peers. You must have an appetite for learning new things uh, that will give an age or others. So uh, myself has also, in, I myself invested a lot of Okay, over this learning, just like doing MBA, uh, getting PMP certified, TOGAF certified, machine learning degrees, Java and cloud certificate. So I would like to say passion for learning, awareness of technology ecosystem, and guidance play a major role in your uh, success. 
that's amazing so passion for learning and then uh, awareness like being up to date with the technology ecosystem and getting guidance from the experts that's that's yeah. awesome yeah. so now let's jump into the core of today's topic like i've been okay. planning to do an interview on uh, microservices finally we are here talking about the microservices and i'm glad that you joined me part of this conversation uh, pravin can you define this microservices explain it to a third grader or somebody who is not aware of technology how do you define microservices okay so in uh, very simpler term microservices are uh, modular uh, or a small services uh, which perform individual tasks to solve a complex business pro- uh, problem collectively so basically it's an architectural style uh, that structures your application as a collection of services uh, that are highly uh, maintainable loosely coupled uh, independent simpler to deploy and it's very simple to understand because uh, it is modular right so uh, just like uh, other uh, case uh, where uh, we have monolithic architecture we don't have uh, knowledge on all the technologies which is implemented there right so here you have a modular service right so it is very simpler to understand another thing is that it is reusable organized in a very uh, business capable fashion okay so business people can also understand what is going behind the scene and another thing is that uh, we need a very small team to deploy such microservices so microservices mostly deal with model and controller so if i say a typical architecture of an application uh, it will be like model view and controller so out of uh, model view and controller microservices deal mostly with model and controller so there are various uh, you know possible uh, tier that can come into picture just like web tier data tier business tier okay so out of it data tier and business tier is the most crucial part uh, which is there in microservices so each module performs a very specific task from the complex business problem segregated into a smaller business problem and that is a well defined interfaces uh, that you have been given and you have to implement that interface that perform a task which is going to solve your bigger business problem so uh, in simpler term i say it is a very small services uh, that enhances your capability to write a big big business problem in a very efficient way that will help you uh, scale that will help you go for devops capabilities so in and all uh, i would like to say that it's a very very uh, modular service uh, which is going to enhance your uh, you know business capabilities so so it's all about that. i think it also leads to some performance improvement and because of modularity probably extensibility is also possible yeah this seems to be exciting stuff and now you also spoke briefly about this monolithic that brings me to my next question how Yeah. monolithic architecture is different from this microservice architecture so uh, what happens in monolithic architecture uh, if you say monolithic uh, the terms defined from the you know the sculpture you know made from big rocks right that are known as monolithic okay so what happens that all the capabilities or all the functions that are part of your application are integrated in the same in, integrated on the same same you can say uh, integrated in the same application package okay and if i would like to compare so i'll say that monolithic architecture have all modules integrated in one application deployed on a server whereas microservices are multiple 
modular services deployed on separate servers okay so monolithic if i say monolithic okay it will be like uh, there would be a single database uh, for the entire application and it is very difficult to scale in terms of database sizing in terms of resource sizing scaling another thing whereas in microservice we have multiple databases depending on the number of uh, services so it is kind of a single database per service and it is very easy to scale other than that one thing i would like to add here is that monolithic architecture requires a bigger team so if you are going with a monolithic architecture uh, definitely you are going to need a bigger team for development deployment and maintenance okay but in case of microservice uh, you need multiple small team uh, capable of doing deployment by themselves okay and it will give capabilities to maintain easily okay and therefore it require a less number of people uh, to maintain the microservice however if if you if you go uh, to the other side of it okay there are few uh, drawbacks as well right so uh, of using uh, microservices okay so in case of monolithic architecture uh, testing is not that cumbersome uh, but in case of microservices uh, testing is very difficult and need extra effort because we know that uh, instead of one application now we have to uh, test a number of other different uh, applications which are part of a single application journey so the testing will be very difficult other thing uh, i would like to hear at uh, from my experience is that monolithic architecture there are less number of network calls okay so there is a less delay okay in uh, in terms of response okay but in case of microservices there are more network calls okay so there are delays okay and the delays are getting added uh, as per the number of services increased okay so uh, that is uh, the uh, you know uh, cons of uh, the microservice however uh, the communication gap is less in both uh, but as the microservice grows okay communication gap can increase okay uh, depending on how many number of uh, microservices we are going to deploy excellent i think uh, you have very well put through about the monolithic architecture forming out of a single rock versus this one wherein you can deploy yeah. from multiple different services different servers and that way you can avoid some sort you can avoid some sort of dependency and at the same time the expandability uh, part can be incorporated this is great and now this brings me to my next question so there has been a lot of buzz about uh, service oriented architecture wherein web services were so popular right and nowadays um, with the introduction of this microservices and all uh, of late we are not uh, coming across the service oriented architecture and all and probably you can shed some light around what is the difference between web services and service oriented uh, web services and microservices right and what are the advantages of microservices over the regular soa service uh, oriented architecture is the basic journey where we all started okay so service oriented architecture uses enterprise service bus okay so that uh, is kind of tedious process to implement and connect all the service buses okay uh, so microservice and web services come to rescue uh for service oriented architecture both microservice and web service are used for building application architecture okay 
the difference between microservice and web service lies in the concept okay so what we call microservice and what we call a web service okay so web service is nothing but a strategy or a resource okay to make the services uh, of one application available to the other application via some web interfaces okay so there may be some web interfaces uh, which are going to consume your web services uh, whereas microservices is a independent autonomous application uh, that performs a very specific ta uh, task for a larger application architecture and also if i say uh, microservices is a kind of uh, architecture soa architecture only uh, where it is loosely coupled uh, independent and uh, highly scalable uh, whereas web services are architecture okay uh, where application comprise of uh, uh, different kind of uh, web services just like rest web service soap web service okay and uh, they are only used to give some you know connectivity between two different applications both have some uh, uh, some similarities as well uh, there are few differences that make microservices give an upper hand on uh, web service due to scalability and maintainability yeah that that's nice uh, praveen and now uh, let me move on to my uh, next question in general like now now that we have seen the evolution right from uh, remote processor calls and then soa and then microservices so highlighting about microservices importance in today's days are they going to benefit to the business if so what are the benefits for the micro, uh, business in terms of implementing microservices so what happens uh, okay uh, business are more worried about the timelines okay first thing second uh, business is worried about uh, resilience and the high availability okay also business uh, have a uh, risk of reputation damage if uh, you know your service is not available okay so what microservice did to it right uh, how it is going to improve uh, this uh, issues uh, which is uh, which business have right so microservice uh, gives a platform to offer the agility okay Uh, to develop business functionality so that business can build and deliver newer and more frequent product and function and features okay if you say time to market it is faster time to market okay so since it is modular okay uh, the microservices are reusable simpler to build simpler to deploy uh, so a lot of uh, planning is not required for development and uh, deployment of microservices though Uh, it requires a minimum level of planning and uh, action uh, by the business but uh, a minimum level is required each microservice can be deployed independently okay therefore business uh, component can be prototyped okay and can be produced more quickly it reduces it reduces the risk of outages just like uh, if i deploy a microservice on a cloud okay because microservice uh, supports containerization okay and with the coming of devops in picture now my microservices are available 24 cross 7 due to the devops blue green deployment okay uh, it is available all the time so if i want to deploy something i don't have to down my service right uh, so there is no downtime required and also if there is no downtime required your system is highly uh, available right and at the same time uh, 
with the with the coming of devops and cloud services okay we have a simpler load balancing happening in our uh, web services that make it high resilience and better fault tolerant system okay also i would like to add one thing here it reduces the infra cost and the usage cost suppose you want to uh, use your services 24 cross 7 but there is a peak hour okay uh, during uh say uh, 3 to 4 uh, okay daily right so what you will do you want that the resources must be available and it should not break right so you want to scale up right if you want to scale up okay you should have some kind of system which support the auto scaling functionality uh, which support the containerization so microservices do all this kind of thing and that's why Is it preferable by business in today's scenario as well? Mm-hmm. So it's more about faster time to market, easy deployment. I, I see that benefits and all. And when it comes to the actual implementation, what are some technologies that go well with microservices implementation? And I'll tell you my experience. Like I again, right now I'm I've moved to the process and strategy side. But when I was a developer way back, like uh, we've implemented uh, web services. Okay, for integrating Java-based web application with uh, Siebel CRM system and all, and I remember writing this uh, Visual-based uh, files and also certain web services to invoke the content, and wherein we triggered the request saying that the account number is sent and account number is validated that the Siebel said, and we get a response back. And similarly, if there is a service request that is created, we get the details. Okay, so likewise, I implemented some basics of this uh, web services a while ago, and that is purely in the Java world. But in general, when it comes to this microservices implementation, what are certain technologies that are supporting uh, microservices implementation? So, uh, microservice basically, as I said, it's an architectural style. Okay, so a lot of languages supported Java, Python, GoLang, .NET, C++, uh, Node JS. Okay. and also with the advent of docker and kubernetes uh, it is lot more easier nowadays so if i say the spring boot okay so spring boot has made developers life very simple uh, you know giving the template for uh, writing your microservices okay also uh, technologies like prometheus l you know rest this all are adding to grow Uh, our microservice in such a way that it's usable uh, by all technologies so there is no technological limitation for uh, microservices uh, it is available in all mostly all languages developer used to write a application i i would like to i would like to share one ppt where i can you know show how uh, microservices are you know uh, getting implemented over monolithic services Sure, sure. That would be great. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, if I say uh, uh, what is a monolithic architecture? Uh, okay, it's a simple uh, model with controller uh, with having business logic incorporated in the same application. And if you see here, right, uh, we have a single database, right? So when a client comes, okay, it has a single interface uh, that will serve all the requests, whether it's a login request, whether it's a a fund transfer request whether it is a debit card uh, transaction anything right so it will it will have a single application okay 
But whereas uh, if I compare that to our uh, microservices, uh, in microservices, we have one customer facing application and then we have a one central controller or aggregator. Okay. So what this central controller or aggregator do, okay, so this gives the way to uh, API gateway. That is one of the design pattern used uh, in microservices. So here uh, we have a gateway which serve all the purpose. Uh, but here you can see, right, we have a different uh, microservices defined. So the central controller is uh, basically responsible for orchestrating all the requests uh, based on uh, some input parameters to the different uh, microservices. Whereas all microservices also have a capability to talk with each other, okay? So our controller is talking to microservice and microservice is also talking to other microservices. So uh, uh, this is one of the simplest architecture uh, I can uh, thought of. Another thing is that uh, if I uh, you know, take an example of online uh, fund uh, tran uh, transfer, right? Just like any FT, okay? So what user has to do? So user has to log in. User has to get your uh, get his account information ready, right? Uh, user has to get the pay information. User has to get a debit uh, module. Uh, user has to have a uh, transfer module, okay? And then OTP and verification. So this is all the part of uh, your wider journey, right? So if we segregate this thing into microservices, it will be very easier to maintain, okay? So what will happen? If we put this application into our microservice architecture, okay, uh, then there will be a central uh, controller that will do the orchestration, okay. So when a customer comes, uh, he will log in, right? So while logging, he will call the login microservice. While he want to do some uh, fund transfer, okay, so he will call the fund transfer uh, microservice at the back of uh, the central uh, controller, right? And if uh, he want to uh, get the list of pay, so pay microservices are there. So when he hit the pay information, the pay microservices uh, is hit at that point of time. So it is on the go. So nothing is kind of uh, uh, stored, right? So it is on the go and it is very uh, real time. If, if I say it is a very, very real time application. So once he get the pay information, he will add the amount, okay? So once he adds the amount, he will go in further to get the OTP generation and the verification once it's verified. The account is debited and there are various other functionalities uh, which uh, can be uh, shown. So as I said, it paves the way for the API gateway. So if there is a this central controller, right? So it gives a design uh, pattern for our API gateway. And this is one of the useful or successfully implemented uh, design patterns in microservices. Excellent. And I love the banking yeah. example. Right? Because, lot, yeah, I think it also supports a concept of uh, graceful degradation, right? When one of the yeah. services is down, rest of them can be up and all, right? Uh, yes. yes. Gives a lot of flexibility to the end user. Wonderful. Yeah. So yeah. what happens if some services are down, right? And that are not most important services. Okay? Mm -hmm. uh, just like if I say, uh, if you are purchasing something on e-commerce website, right? So e-commerce website has number of web services, right? Uh, just like uh, some information on the uh, product list, right? So if product list can be get at runtime, it's well and good. But if product list cannot be get at runtime, uh, 
then the application should not fail right so what happens uh, when a customer goes to the e-commerce website and tries to get the list of product okay by searching that product name okay and you do not have that uh, api up right up and running so what will there there is one circuit breaker concept uh, in the microservice okay uh, that will come to rescue and it gives the way how your application should behave if there is uh, you know if the service is not available it do not it goes to the uh, the down services every time uh, it stores some part of it just like caching okay and uh, it gives the product list from that caching and you will never know that uh, what has happened behind it fails or it succeeds right so yeah it's a very uh, uh, you know good thing uh, for uh, any uh, e-commerce developer okay uh, which uses this uh, microservices that will let the application succeed instead of failure if some services are down <laughs> yeah great and and now let's talk about the importance of uh, microservices in the era where cloud computing and machine learning are taking the precedence and are they going to complement each other or what is the correlation among these three aspects so um if if i say uh, machine learning and cloud computing right so both have given uh, you know a kind of support to microservices uh what happens uh, due to the advent of uh, cloud technologies okay scaling and maintaining application becomes very easy okay uh, you can get resources on the go okay uh, suppose during the peak hours you need more resources right so uh, with cloud technologies yes you can uh, auto scale your application and you will on the go uh, you will get the resources available you don't have to do Uh, manual scaling right so these technologies are going to going to improve the implementation and the uses of uh, microservices okay why because microservice support the containerization and due to which it is preferred over monolithic services okay and due to it it is highly scalable highly available also due to the growing machine learning need uh, as the time of the hour right so what happens machine learning help to accelerate the growth of high end compute capabilities just like we have heard about cpus and gpus right so there are now uh, tpus also for tensor processing unit and gpu is like just like graphic processing units right so these are going to add the growth of high end compute capabilities if i say my microservice is taking a long time due to the resource okay so that is not uh, the limitation now right because we have high end compute capabilities okay that is going to help the microservice architecture best suit for this kind of ecosystem where cloud and machine learning systems are needed and it paves the way to growth uh, paves the way for the growth and the use of these technologies uh, at real time and implementing in a faster way so yeah it is going to give edge over other technologies or other services Uh, because uh, it gives you the result uh, at the real time wonderful so there is a lot of uh, bright future as well as uh, i would say it is a trend of microservices at this moment if i may refer to and now let's assume somebody is really motivated to get into this microservices and find some roles and all so what are certain resources that you would like to recommend them so that they get well versed with microservices and take a plunge into it 
So first of all, uh, today is a digital world, right? And uh, we have a lot of information available freely uh, over different website, blog, YouTube videos. Uh, there are very few learning sites which are good, just like Udemy, Idionics, and other kind of resources. But they are paid resources. There are also few resources which are coming uh, in your way. Uh, just like uh, we have one NPTEL site by the Indian government, uh, which are mostly run by the IITs, that gives you the uh, free resources. Okay, you can enroll into the course. Uh, it is a free, and you will uh, uh, get something out of it. Uh, but one thing I would like to add here: watching videos, okay, writing blogs, reading reading blogs, uh, going to website doesn't make any help if you are not going to uh, learn by your own okay so i always prefer to get my hands dirty okay if i want to learn something so i suggest that uh, be it anything uh, be it uh, any blog be it any youtube video or anything uh, okay uh, just try to listen try to see and then try to implement by your own if you are not going to uh, implement by your own you will never be going to learn anything out of it i'll, I'll suggest to get your hands dirty and uh, you will definitely learn something yeah, yeah i'll share something uh, some link that is uh, really helpful okay yeah. that will help uh, all all our participants right so i'll, I'll share this group link yeah definitely so uh, all the listeners and the viewers please uh, Look into the show notes. You'll already see the links uh, that are shared by Praveen. And uh, yeah, Praveen, I think this has been a fabulous conversation so far. But we have been talking a lot about hardcore technology, uh, SOVA, and then microservices, machine learning, and all other stuff. Now, it's the time for us to lighten up the mood of our audience. So yeah. if you're okay, I'm going to kick off a quick uh, rapid-fire round where I'm going to ask you a few funny questions wherein you can crisply answer them in a word or two. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> Wonderful. So let me fire the first bullet, uh, Praveen. What has been your childhood fantasy? Okay. I was always fascinated uh, with being a superhero and save the life of others. Okay. <laughs> I read many, uh, you know, uh, superhero books, right? So that is my childhood fantasy. Uh, but in reality, if you say, uh, okay, I would also love to be an astronomer roaming around planet to planet. So that was my dream. Oh, wow. <laughs> but ro I don't know if it uh, roaming around planet to planet will be possible in our lifetime, but at least you can try space yeah. tourism. That That is yeah. possible in our generation. <laughs> All right. Now, uh, tell me about your favorite programming language. So, uh, both Java and Python is my favorite. Uh, if I say Java is my soul, my heart, I'll say Python is my mind. Okay. So, I'll say both <laughs> Java and Python. Interesting. And now, tell me about yourself in one word. I'm a very uh, enthusiastic learner, okay? I always look for uh, learning new technologies uh, which help change the uh, future of the world. So I'm an enthusiastic learner. Okay, great. And now tell me about one thing which you'd like to change in your past. Okay, so uh, in my past, I have done uh, you know many mistakes, but uh, I would like to you know change one thing where I can say that if I have to define my priorities, I would like to change how I define my priorities along with my uh, time management scale so that in this way, I will get more time to learn. So that is one thing I would like to change in the past. You can definitely do that and wish you all the very best. 
now <laughs> let me fire the last bullet what is one electronic gadget that you would like to see or invent yourself pravin i would like to see a gadget uh, which will you know uh, tell you how many calories you are burning during a particular uh, learning okay this will give you a benefit that if you know some person who is a fitness freak and don't want to learn okay it will uh, motivate that person okay uh, to learn something new read something new so if you know some gadget uh, will come which will show how many calories burn uh, while uh, doing particular kind of learning wow it was simply fabulous and another great uh, startup idea to our audience wonderful yeah. so <laughs> that was nst rapid fire and with that uh, before i let you go i would like to ask you one final question okay for this conversation because i would like to invite you again in future so what will be your one piece of advice to those aspiring to make big in their careers so what i say learning mindset is a must to succeed i'll i'll emphasize this word learning mindset okay so if you are learning something but you are not getting out of it right then it is not going to help you so learning mindset is must to succeed okay uh, i would like to have add few more points here just like uh, you know uh, everyone knows right there is no shortcut to success right so hard work is the only way uh, to get it on the right track so i'll say keep learning mindset keep your goals and concept very very clear okay be firm on what you are doing and be adaptive okay so if something is changing in the world okay you have to be adaptive okay so uh, if you take care of you know this kind of thing definitely you will be succeed uh, in all your endeavors you are doing right and also uh, don't keep yourself uh, restricted for doing anything you can do anything you have a lot of capability so uh, judge your own capability Uh, and no one can judge you better than yourself so judge your own capabilities and have a learning mindset wow simply wow those are uh, really uh, great nuggets of wisdom and uh, thank you so much pravin it was a fantastic conversation and thoroughly enjoyed every bit of it and thank you so much for being part of the yeah. guiding voice journey in shaping the careers and lives of millions across the globe and on that note i would also like to thank anand gaud for connecting us yes Anand is the key point. Yeah. <laughs> so I thank you, Navin, for giving me this opportunity and talking and having a nice conversation with you. Uh, thanks a lot to you and the the guiding voice team. Awesome. Likewise, I I thoroughly enjoyed every bit of it and uh, pleasure hosting you, Pravin. All right. So, folks, before we move into the trivia section, here is a small request to you. In case if you haven't subscribed to us, please subscribe from the app where you have tuned in from, so that you will be notified about all the future episodes. and also if you love this episode and found it useful request you to share with at least three of your friends or colleagues who can benefit from the guiding voice content so that your friends will learn new stuff like you and we will gain a few new set of subscribers thank you so much in advance now let's hop into the previous segment of today's episode folks today we spoke a lot about microservices and i would like to add my two cents about microservices so people are under the assumption that rest is the only way to implement microservices because rest which stands for representational state transfer has become synonymous with microservices much like containers have and rest restful apis are used by microservices to communicate so that they operate as a single service and with client side applications rest is an accessible and low maintenance technology because it lets the microservices talk over http without additional infrastructure 
However, while REST is closely associated with microservices, it, seem, it is simply one of the several techniques, which means microservices can also use RPC, JSON, gRPC, asynchronous messaging, and function as a service, right? So that's all for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And in case if you have any guest recommendations on hardcore technology topics, send us a note on the guiding voice for you at gmail.com. Thanks in advance. And folks, this is your host, Naveen, a fellow IT professional and a passionate learner on a mission to make a difference in the lives and careers of millions across the globe. Until next time, bye-bye. See you soon. Bye.